Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Cody McLean with me. Cody is the founder of several successful online companies and hopes to teach others not only how to grow their businesses, but lead a more productive and happier life. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Cody. Can you share some of the companies uh, that you own? Um, Give us an idea and our audience, what type of businesses you own and owned? Yeah, it's it's in a very, very extensive list for sure. I started when I was 15, and I simply started with a basic web hosting company. Uh, From there, I've gone on to sell several web hosting companies uh, to uh, big players like Lunar Pages and HostGator. Uh, And now I've got a a third hosting company. It's a cloud SSD hosting, kind of competing against DigitalOcean and Rackspace, whatnot. Um, As well as we have, uh, I had an office in India, and with SupportMonk, we provided outsourced support services to other small businesses. Uh, and then we had a script, or we still have, uh, it's called Easy Login, and it's a software management script meant to make employee management with your servers uh, easier so you wouldn't have to necessarily give out the root login to you, to other employees. Uh, and then there's a few other small projects on the side uh, that is just kind of bringing in money every now and then. Uh, but now my main focus is on building MindHack, uh, which is a, a blog platform, uh, as well as writing a book on the side. Uh, so I've I've kind of dabbled in various ventures, whether it be web hosting, service-based industry, and software. Uh, but for the most part, we'll, we'll have to see where it goes from here. So you uh, you mentioned that you, you started and sold several hosting companies. And uh, are you still in the hosting business with uh, Wirefuse or... Yeah, well, it, I'm more of a founder now. I, I don't consider myself actively involved in the management of the companies, uh, but rather I'm more the kind of like the Steve Jobs, the idea guy, uh, mm-hmm. the, the visionary that you know. I figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and what we're going to do differently that's going to make our product superior to other competitors in the marketplace. Uh, I do have Host Galaxy, which is hostgalaxy.com. And with that, I mentioned the cloud SSD hosting where we're providing unmanaged, managed uh type cloud service products. Uh, and it's kind of a, a big cloud cluster uh, where it's running on solid state drives for faster performance and everything's redundant. Uh, and that's the, that's the true true nature of cloud, of course, is making everything as redundant as possible so that you have maximum uptime. And then with the SSD, we're just throwing an extra punch in there by making it all that much faster. Uh, and then you can combine that with a CDN or a content delivery network, which would basically cache your website uh, across multiple networks and data centers around the world. So it's going to make uh, your website load nearly as quickly for somebody in Asia, even if it's being hosted here in the U.S. Uh, so it's kind of a mix of the cloud service providers uh, that we're trying to go after from a, a very uh, niche and unique market by uh going after dedicated support, whereas with Rackspace, if you really want to have a good level of support, you need to be paying them thousands and thousands of dollars a month to have a dedicated support agent, whereas we're able to give you that no matter what package or plan that you're on. We're trying to customize the, the experience and, and focus, off as the, uh, focus on the customer experience in terms of the whole experience uh, with providing excellent support and making sure that their website stays online. So give us an idea. I mean, you started uh, your business hosting company at 15. Uh, that's, that's fairly early. <laughs> uh, 
what, what possessed you to start your own business as 50 when most people are worried about, you know, partying and girls or whatever they're worried about, but really not start a business? Well, I'll be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't the most popular kid in school. Uh, I was always, uh, whether I was just studying or working or or playing Xbox, whatnot. But it actually happened to uh, be related to an Xbox. Just me and a friend, we were trying to figure out, like, we wanted to get money to, to get a new Xbox game or whatnot. And it was actually my, my friend who came up with the idea of, like, like we, we, we were brainstorming for a few days, and then he came up with the idea to sign up for a reseller account at HostGator. Uh, and a reseller account is a really cheap, like, $25 a month plan on a on a dedicated server from a, a, a hosting provider that allows you to resell disk space and bandwidth on their servers. So it pretty much allows anybody to start a web hosting company with a very minimal expense. Uh, and we thought that would be our key to success. You know, we thought, oh man, this, we're going to make so much money with this. Uh, and and it turned out like two weeks in, we had an argument, and so we kind of broke apart. But with, with that whole time and the uh, the excitement that I had from from figuring out, okay, how are we going to put the website together, the billing system, I just found they had a passion. And so after our partnership went out, and that was my first lesson in friends and uh, business partners don't really mix, that I just found that passion and I just stuck with it. Uh, and in terms of my success compared to success with other people, I'd say uh, it's really about persistence, you know, and that's where I kind of was able to hang in there. You know, it's building a business is not all sunshine and rainbows. Of course, we all know that. And you can be motivated to start something, but the key is being able to hang in there and being able to, to do uh, all this amount of work that you absolutely either don't know how to do or you just don't like doing, you know, and being able to force yourself to do it to get to where you want to go in terms of business success. So when I was reading through MindHack, uh, you were talking about how you built several um, solid Internet companies. And and some of them are in very competitive areas. I mean, actually, everything is really competitive online today. Uh, but even when you started um, – you know, getting into hosting and all that. I mean, hosting has seems like it always been a very competitive market. So, what 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 have you done differently that made you successful compared to all those others that you know just faded? Well, well, firstly, I, I'd state that with with the way that I built companies, uh, I definitely try and create a unique value proposition or it's called the USP unique selling proposition. Uh, and you really have to figure out what's going to make your service different than everybody else's. Uh, and kind of on a side note on that same, same kind of topic, uh, I chose not to really go after startups. You know, I don't, I don't develop startups per se. Like I develop existing companies inside existing markets, even if they're existing saturated markets. But it's simply the key is trying to figure out where can you find a niche in that market. And with Pacific Coast, uh, which was my last company that I, I just sold, my niche for that market was something called FFmpeg hosting. And FFmpeg is a codec that you install on Linux servers that basically converts video from whatever format you upload them into FLV format. And the FLV plays in the Flash video player on the website. And this is, in fact, Fact how YouTube functions. YouTube has their own version of FFmpeg. And after YouTube started to grow back in 2005, everybody wanted to have their own YouTube website. And so I found this, this niche, and then I was able to just uh, exploit it as much as I could. And I focused my service solely on providing FFmpeg hosting. And I was able to grow immensely in that market. Uh, but then also when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of have to bootstrap. So I was bootstrapping everything, and I was trying to do as much as I could by myself. 
And with that, it comes doing affiliate marketing. It comes doing advertising. It comes doing forum posting. You know, I had a level of dedication devoted to my business that a lot of people just either don't have the time for or they're just going to procrastinate because it's not something they want to do. And I was in a position where I didn't have a backup. I, don't, I, I didn't have any alternative option. Uh, I, I actually tried to find a job at one point, but then I couldn't find a job because with, with the way that I think and my knowledge, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. So I'm not, I'm not an SEO guru. I'm not a marketing guru. I'm not a customer service guru. I'm not an operations manager guru. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily particularly skilled in any one area, but I just learned enough to be able to function and grow the company as a whole. So uh, throughout the years, how do you know what you had to focus on to grow your businesses. You know, I mean, you mentioned that you learn a lot and you, you know, you persist and you work, work a lot, work hard. But how do you know as an entrepreneur what to focus your, your energy on? Uh, it does come about customer frustration and looking at like the pain points that customers experience when you're building your brand. Uh, customers are everything and they're really what defines your brand, your company. Uh, I think a lot of people don't really take time to look at their reputation online and like every week I actually created a task to go ahead and check my reputation where I type in Pacific Coast reviews. You know, I was very adamant about checking my reputation online because I know that there's a large majority of my customers that are going to go on Google and find reviews of my product before they're willing to buy it. And there's so many other hosting companies and uh, other software companies I found that just didn't even pay attention to that. You know, there's some people who are particularly skilled in software development. So they may go and create software and then sell that software. But if they're not doing any advertising, any affiliate marketing, anything beyond just coding, then they need to figure out how they can learn to do that on their own or figure out how to outsource that. So it's being able to look at the pain points and provided by what your customers say as well and trying to get feedback from your customers, but putting it all together and kind of coming in with a big picture perspective in terms of looking at your business as a whole, uh, writing down every area of your business that really needs to be covered and making sure it is covered. You know, you may not have to go out and hire a marketing guy or an SEO guy from the beginning, uh, but it started out with me. Like my basic terms of advertising when I initially started out and I had absolutely no money was forum posting. You know, I created an ad and then I would go on different forums and I would post that ad. And then I would create different variations of the ad with a different title and different description text and try and do A-B conversion testing where I looked at the amount of traffic and conversions I was making from each individual forum to try and maximize that ad potential. And that was all me. You know, it didn't require any special skill set. It's just kind of like trial and error. And, and it's beyond having you, you just install Google Analytics code, tracking conversion code, which you can find a guy off Elance or Odesk or Freelancer to actually do that for you to set that up. And then it's just simply a matter of making sure it's not something you're forgetting about running your, when you're running your business. In terms of promoting your business, uh, that forum posting, you think that still works this day and age in 2014? It depends on your software product or it depends on what you're selling. Uh, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of markets that don't allow forum posting, but really it kind of has to come in where, where you're getting your brand name out there somehow. Uh, I still think forum posting is a valuable asset in terms of would I really depend on forum posting to grow my future companies? I don't think so. It's just kind of one uh, tool in, in your tool set in terms of growth in your, with your company. And, of course, a lot of people don't have a large amount of cash allocation to go out and, and hire people dedicated. Uh, but then it's also a great thing to outsource as well. You know, you can have uh, an SEO guy from the Philippines 
paying him $300 a month, and he will be a full-time guy working on your project. And if you know Mm -hmm. nothing about SEO, then you would hope that he'd be able to figure it on his own. But I went and studied a basic – I had a basic understanding of SEO, marketing, advertising, so I knew the kind of responsibilities that he needed to be doing in his job to make me successful. Uh, And with the forum posting, you do press releases as well. You know, you can – some people can't write or they think they can't write. But I went out and learned on how to write press releases on my own, and then I was submitting press releases about once every two weeks. Uh, and then you could use a service like Press, uh, I believe it's uh, PressPR.com, uh, paying them 250 or so, and then they'll distribute it across many other websites. But then at, mm-hmm. the same to- at the same time, there's many other free directories and websites where you could submit that same press release, and it costs absolutely nothing. Uh, so okay. it's also finding your the, the forum. And for, for web hosting, uh, webhostingtalk.com is a primary forum where people go to talk about web hosting. And I guarantee you, no matter what niche or industry you're in, there's going to be a forum or a central marketplace that people can go to to discuss what you do or your product uh, or your general industry. And it's also about getting involved in that community. Earlier, you mentioned about finding a niche when we you talked about you know how to you know competing against uh, you know other hosting companies and all that. And you mentioned that you found your niche. What advice do you have on finding niches in in, in our own particular market? That's going to involve some research, definitely. I can't say it's not. Uh, for me, it definitely wasn't an easy process. I, I had Pacific Coast going for at least a few months before I found FFmpeg hosting. Uh, it, it's something that you have to do beyond the bare minimum in terms of running your company. And a lot of people just don't aren't willing to spend that extra effort to do that research and to find out what is necessary, what is absolutely required in, in your industry, what are people looking for that other companies don't have? This could be looking at doing competitive research, looking at your competitors, looking at those bad reviews, and writing down every negative thing that somebody says about your competitors and trying to gather a list of things that people want but are not receiving from your competitors and then figuring out how can you do it better? How can you improve the customer experience? How can you have more loyal customers that are going to come back to you on a recurring basis? Uh, but in terms of finding a particular niche, it's, it's kind of a, a general question, but I'd have to say uh, it involves a lot of processes. I can't really give anything in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you um... – you know, you talk about you know forum posting and PR and all that. Right now, what do you think are, are some of the best strategies or tactics to promote your business? Let's say you start a business, and you know anything you're going to start that's online is going to be in a competitive space for for the most part. Um, so, what do you do to promote that business? What do you do to uh, you know to create some kind of a niche for yourself? Uh, well, we talked about the niche, but I'm more interested in promotion. Okay. Yeah, and for that, there are quite a few resources out there for that. Um, number one is you need to make sure that you have your Google Analytics, your, your Google AdWords, uh, and your Google Webmaster. Uh, and that's and Google Webmaster in particular is going to make sure that you know where your website is positioned in the search engines, and if there's any problems with your website, you're going to be able to handle it, and they're going to email you about any errors. Uh, in terms of getting your, your service out there, uh, if you have a, a, a there's a website called attracta.com. It's A-T-T-R-A-C. CTA.com, and that website is kind of a free submission, so it's going to allow you to generate uh, your your sitemap XML file, um, as well as give you a list of 
a whole bunch of different various forms and directories, kind of like Yellow Pages, White Pages, uh, Google Places, uh, Bing Places. There's a whole bunch of other resources that it's going to give you, and then you can manually submit your website to them. And it might be an hour or two of submitting, but you know it's just a, that one-time tedious process. And then you're going to be listed on so many different directories that people use to find businesses in their local area or in that particular industry. Um, beyond that, we already discussed forum posting, uh, press releases, and the other thing is, for me, what I did is I focused on not necessarily just FFmpeg hosting, but I did have landing pages for a whole bunch of other various search terms. So uh, you could use, uh, if you're not familiar with HTML setting up a landing page, um, you could use a service like Unbounce.com, where you can actually have them use their templates and then create a landing page for each individual particular uh, market. Uh, so with hosting, there's WordPress hosting, there's Dolphin hosting, there's uh, so many different types of hosting out there, and you can have a landing page specifically dedicated to that type of hosting. And then you can create different ads that are associated with just that market and just that landing page. So I was ranking, uh, I still, I mean, Pacifico still ranks today on many other various popular key search terms, because I didn't just do FFmpeg hosting, but at the same time, I had other various landing pages dedicated to other niches and markets in the, in the, in the area. And what is your take on SEO? I mean, over the years, it has changed so much. It used to be you just drop some keywords on the site and change page titles, and you were set. But today, it seems some people either gave up on it or it's just you know it's it's a it's a constant battle and nobody really knows what works or uh, do you think it's it should be part SEO should be part of um of uh, of your growth strategy or it's more about just creating great content and and promoting that content uh, well, of course, one of the key strategies that a lot of people use today is blogging and trying to create unique content that's going to get people to go to their website. In my experience, you can blog as much as you want, but if you're selling a product, you're not going to convert those blog visitors into actual customers. That's more so for SEO itself. Uh, in terms of short-term conversions, I think you need to look at PPC from Google AdWords. Um, it doesn't take a genius to set up an ad, but again, for most companies, uh, I, I know I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars that just was absolutely wasted. So I would definitely try checking out Google AdWords for short-term conversions and getting and getting people to sign up initially for your product, uh, but I definitely would keep an eye on it, check it once a week, make sure that you're not spending thousands of dollars and you're getting like a 1% conversion rate. Uh, beyond that, SEO itself, uh, doing the SEO research, there's a, a really good website, uh, a, a guy named Neil Patel. I, I respect him highly. He's a genius in his area in terms of optimization and conversion. Uh, and he has a website called quicksprout.com, and he has several guides on there, everything from doing blogging, marketing, uh, search engine optimization. He gives you a huge rundown on everything that you need to know to do every kind of key area in terms of what you need to do to run your business. Uh, in terms of SEO, I think the most basic things you can do, uh, of course, you need to have a title and you need to have that description. For the most part, meta keywords, they're pretty much useless, so I wouldn't even bother putting meta keywords on your website. Uh, in terms of the description, I know moz.com, they have an excellent guide as well that gives you uh, more information in terms of how you should structure, how, like what keywords should you find and how you should structure the keywords throughout your description of your website, um, what kind of keywords you should put in the description, and then 
putting your primary keywords in the title. Uh, for me, I can do the, the title and the description. That's not really difficult. The most difficult part is all the manual labor that's going to be really required to get your website out there. You know, and unless you're really shooting out uh, very unique, uh, engaging content on your blog, uh, it doesn't hurt to have somebody that's going to be doing SEO for you on a weekly or a monthly basis. Uh, but for the most part, that initial setup in terms of doing the on-page SEO, uh, it doesn't require a lot of time. It doesn't require a lot of knowledge. You just have to know particularly what keywords you're going to be doing. Uh, but with that, SEO is still, I would definitely say, a very vital and important aspect to your business. Uh, but in terms of it being the most vital thing, like in terms of like how much money you should throw at it, I think money could be better spent elsewhere in terms of uh, affiliate advertising, uh, getting affiliates to have it, having an affiliate program, um, advertising in the very right niche areas. Uh, so, so there's other areas where I would probably spend more money on that than SEO. But of course, SEO is great for long-term exposure. So if you're going to spend a, a few thousand on it, I would definitely uh, make sure that you're prepared to wait six to 12 months to really see any results. Okay. I would like to talk about outsourcing and, and scaling. At what point do you think uh, somebody should focus on, on, on outsourcing or, or scaling their business? What are some of the things that, that you would look for in that business? Uh, well, I, I, my recent blog post, I actually made this like the number one rule of outsourcing that re really you need to set up the business. You know, you can't outsource the infrastructure creation of your business. And this is really where it's important that you need to be there that creates the business as a whole. You may not be able to do HTML, but go to themeforce.net. You can grab a template and hire a guy, a freelancer to customize a template for you. But in terms of how the how your infrastructure is set up, how the customer interaction plays. Really only you can do that. Uh, like if you outsource the support of your company immediately to an outsource support company, uh, you're going to have to be monitoring them daily. But even supervising is much different than actually playing the role of the customer service agent because you're put in the shoes of that person so you know exactly what your outsource support guys are going to be going through. So I really recommend that you make sure that you set up the business, that you bootstrap it, even if you have the money to outsource. You really need to put yourself in that position so you know uh, the customer experience. And there's, there's so many times when I was setting up my businesses that if I was not the one there that actually was providing the initial customer support, uh, it, it would have been a lot worse. I would have had a lot more customer frustration. I would have had a higher churn rate, all because the outsource support guys that you hire, they're there just to do one thing and provide customer support. They're not going to look at a customer experience and say, oh, wait, we're getting a whole bunch of customer tickets over this one issue. Maybe we need to make a form on the website, or maybe we need to fix this error on the website. You know, only the business owner, who's the only one that really cares about the success of that business, can truly see that. So I think it's incredibly important for you to first immerse yourself into the business and know everything inside and out on how it functions. But beyond that, then I would definitely consider outsourcing because doing everything yourself is definitely not efficient and you also don't want to burn yourself out. So I, I, I get that, but you know, I also hear people, often CEOs talk about uh, that I hire people that are smarter than me. 
are they like flattering people when they say that or 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 there is some truth in that because you know I understand that you should understand about SEO you should understand about this and that but you know what if you don't what if you're not great at this and that um is it always you have to first learn it before you outsource it or or hire for it well, you want to know kind of the basic functionality of their job in terms of what they should do. Uh, and in terms of knowing all these things that you don't, I guarantee you there's going to be a blog or an article or, or a quick guide that you can read, which might take an hour or even a book. You know, uh, it's it's doesn't hurt to know the basic job functions of that person, even if you're not familiar with it. And it's always better to hire somebody that's smarter than you in that particular niche in that area. The CEO, the entrepreneur, your job is to be the guy at the top, be the, be the puppeteer. You know, you're controlling the strings, but yet you don't necessarily have to be the puppet and actually do the hard work yourself. I mean, once the business is starting to roll, because your better uh, time is spent in figuring out where your company is going to go, how it's going to grow, where it's going to, like, what the market is, uh, and changing your product to meet the demands of the market. So your time is a lot better spent off managing the company as a whole instead of doing those individual projects. But in terms of who you hire and the jobs that they have, I, I do think it's a really good idea. To, to have a basic understanding of what kind of things they need to be doing. Because uh, if, unless you have a large amount of capital, well, you can go out and hire uh, an SEO and a marketing guy in the U.S. and pay them $60,000 a year, then you're going to first be stuck outsourcing that. Whether you're finding a freelancer or an outsourced company based in India, or you find somebody that's an SEO guru in the Philippines. You know, you can hire that SEO person or that marketing person or that customer support person, but they're going to be looking to you for the most part in terms of what should they be doing. And you can mm -hmm. hire an SEO guy and say, okay, work, but it's a lot better in terms of efficiency for you to first know and understand your business and then be able to specifically tell them what kind of things that you find most effective and that you want them to be focusing on in your business because you're the ultimate source of guidance. You know your business better than anybody else. So having that basic idea, you know, you don't have to go in depth, but read a book on marketing, uh, read an article on SEO, you know, uh, just go on Google, type in top 10 things to do X and you'll get a basic idea of what things they need to be doing because you just can't completely rely on other people to figure out what they should be doing all the time. So you had a lot of success building. Uh, if you we just talk about, if you don't talk about the other businesses, just hosting um, in a very competitive areas, and a lot of people are afraid of competition. You know, they 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 have an idea and they go online and see, oh, there is this and that, and there's all these companies that offer these services. But it sounds like it doesn't scare you. What, what is it that uh, – why do you think people are so afraid of competition? And do you think competition is really that bad? That's, that's definitely a varying question. Uh, competition can be good and bad. You know, if, you're, if, if you created a product and there was no competition in your market, then you're going to be laxed. You're going to be cool because you're going to have all your customers coming to you. But then as soon as competition enters the market, um, chances are you're going to be like that big Fortune 500 company where you just almost appear stagnant, you know, in the water and you're not moving, you're not growing. And being an entrepreneur is all about growth. It's about changing your company to meet the demands of the market and how it grows. So that's kind of where – 
it's important for you to be at the top and be looking ahead because nobody else in your company is looking ahead to see where your company is. Only you can do that. And competition itself can be a great motivator to make sure that you're always improving your product, that you're making it better. And that's really where, what capitalism is about, making your product superior than your competitors so that you get more business than your, than your customers uh, for I mean, other competitors. So. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like earlier you were you were talking about actually looking at what people complain about, um, you know, in terms of co competition, mm -hmm. and and use that to make yourself a better business. So in in essence, you know, what you're saying is that the competition is making you a better business in in a sense, or it can. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it's all about paying attention, though. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get caught up in just terms of running their company and being uh, the entrepreneur, the founder, and the project manager at the same time. So in terms of how you should structure the growth of your company, you should start at the very bottom and grow your company from the ground up by doing everything from the start. And then you start outsourcing your, your, your biggest weaknesses. And I really don't recommend that you spend a lot of time learning your weaknesses. I think the biggest... The best thing you can do is focus on your strengths uh, and then outsource the rest is, is my common saying. Uh, and with that, once you start outsourcing individual projects, then you're going to get to uh, have a whole team of people working for you. And then at that point, you're going to want to hire a uh, project manager and have that person really be the, the person in charge of communicating and collaborating with your entire team. And then that gives you the time to create content, to, to blog, to uh, to do podcasts, do whatever you need to do to get your name, to get your brand out there, but at the same time being able to look at the market, knowing what your customers want, doing the research to look at the other competitors, see what they're doing. Uh, and in fact, like how I built my websites, um, I, I was, I've always been complimented with uh, my designs and just the way that I structured the business. And really, it, it wasn't all that unique. All I did was look at all my competitors. Like I, I took like the top five, ten competitors or, or who I thought had the best website, and I hired a designer, and then I had him take individual elements from the best parts of these websites, and I combined them into my website. So in essence, I was able to create a superior product uh, out of what my competitors were offering. You know, I didn't need to spend thousands of dollars researching or doing A-B conversion testing. And really, you don't have the money. You can't afford to do that when you're starting. So it's also looking at your competitors and taking their money in terms of their research and how they structure their service and their website and saying, oh, wow, that's a good idea. Let me implement it into my product. And at the same time, asking yourself, is there a way I can do it better? So I'd like to uh, I'd like to ask you about branding and building a brand. Um, primarily, you focus on the brand you wrote on um, one of your sites. What do you mean by that? And how do you build brands? What, what's important and what's not? What is what is wasting time and what is really really key when when you build your brand? For me, I've definitely always given a huge amount of attention into detail. Uh, you know, I don't build a a subpar product with a subpar website and hope I get customers. Uh, I look, because the market is so saturated with the markets that I've gone into, of course, they're so saturated that I have to be unique, I have to be different. So that's why first I take my competitors, competitors' websites and I try and build a superior website. And then I'll look at their products and try and build a superior product. Uh, so it really comes down to being able to look at the small details. And in terms of branding specifically, especially the name, uh, there's a whole bunch of different online generators I'll use to find a name, but I generally find one that just sounds legitimate, that sounds 
from a from a customer's perspective, it gives that instant legitimacy. And that was Pacific Coast. Pacific Coast, you looked at the, you looked at the logo. Um, it was it gave you that corporate feeling. And and I just kind of got that when I was able to think of the name and then apply that logo to that brand. Uh, and I think a lot of people kind of go beyond the name and they don't consider the name, which of course the name's not all about your success. It's not going to define your company. What defines your company is a customer experience. But in terms of growth and kind of optimizing that little bit extra, if you can find a better name, uh, and for me, I've often spent anywhere from a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars on a domain name. Of course, it depends on your budget, but I would definitely put a considerable amount of effort into the name. Uh, and in terms of the logo as well, you want to make sure that your logo matches your, your customer target market. And so you can put a list together of what expectations that your customers may have of your brand and what you want your product to do and how you want it to, to function and how your customers want to experience that product. And that also applies to the name and the logo. So you want to make sure that matches your brand, your market. Uh, you know, if you have a product that sells toys, you don't want to have a big corporate logo. I put like a little teddy bear in the logo. So you want your logo and your name to match your vision for your product as close as possible and not do something like xyzsoftware.com because that doesn't apply anything. With Pacific Host, uh, that gave the impression that you think Pacific, so West Coast, and a hosting company. Uh, and then I'm also going to be starting a new company called Support Ninja soon. And Support Ninja, I mean, in terms of a, a, an outsourced support name, it just doesn't get any better than Support Ninja because you have all these other companies and corporations that are calling their agents now, they're calling them ninjas or customer service ninjas. You know, it's a huge growing term. Uh, so whenever I launch a brand, I always start on the base foundation of looking at the name, looking at how people are going to perceive my brand because I think that plays a huge important role in terms of establishing that instant legitimacy when people visit your website, you can give them the impression that you've been around for a long time, that you know what you're doing. And it's simply about focusing on the minor details. I'd like to uh, ask you uh, about mistakes because, you know, I mean, you had a lot of success in business, but I'm sure you had ups and downs. So can you share maybe one of the biggest mistakes that you have made in business? Um. Yeah, there's, I, I made a ton of mistakes, definitely. Uh, I would say one of the mistakes I made uh, was when I partnered with, uh, with somebody that I, was, that I decided to partner with for one hosting company, uh, and I relied on him to do the registration. I was like uh, 16, 17 at the time. Um, I relied on him to do the business registration, to do the taxes, uh, to basically handle the, the basic everything from taxes, payments, uh, setting up the bank account, everything that was required from the operational perspective to set up the company. Uh, so I, I was mostly just going to focus on branding, marketing, and building the company. And so I tried to outsource this to, to my partner, essentially, and he kind of screwed that up to some extent where he didn't register the business correctly, and he made a few fatal errors that I just wasn't aware of because at the time I was more naive. And I just didn't want to do it myself. I found a cheap way to kind of go through a hole and being able to focus on my strengths uh, and not really learning the requirements of what it would really take to run a business on my own. Uh, and it turns out that he found an angel investor, uh, or it wasn't really an angel investor, it was a guy that was willing to give us money if we signed away the ownership of the company. Uh, and, and there's a huge story, like I'll probably write a book about this someday, but it essentially went to where we lost the company ownership. He sued us because we signed a tentative agreement for sale of the company, uh, and then he was able to get one of the guys that worked for us because my partner made like one of the guys that worked for us a officer in the company. And 
the other guy that was suing us was able to get him to turn on us, and then he was able to take ownership of, of the company. Uh, and we ended up settling, and I lost the company, uh, all because I kind of uh, didn't want to learn this on my own, and I wanted to entrust another partner with handling everything about the operational aspect of the business that I just didn't have at the time. And, of course, I regret that. But then at the same time, you know, we all make mistakes. We all lose companies, whether in my case it's a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of a company. Uh, but it was definitely a mistake I learned at the time. But the biggest thing is I didn't quit. You know, at, at right now, my, my old business partner from that company, he quit. And he has not gone back into business since. But I knew that if I didn't pick up the pieces and try again, that I wouldn't be where I wanted to be. And I was able to grow my next company and make it even bigger. But why, why didn't you quit? I mean, it's so easy to quit. Why not? I didn't really have anything else I could do at the time. I think I was kind of stuck with building companies. I know it's kind of a, a weird thing to say, uh, but you know, I, I tried to find a job, but I couldn't find a job because I wasn't particularly skilled in anything. Uh, and I felt just the, the, the idea of running a company and doing it on my own, it, so, it felt so invigorating. It felt like that's kind of my passion. You know? And I found that passion when I was 15, and I didn't want to give that up. You know, and of course, it was the worst thing in the world to to lose something, to to lose my baby, and to get absolutely nothing for it. But it's the idea that you're not going to be successful until you have failures. And I know it's been said time and time again, but it rings so true uh, that you just can't give up, and that's really what life is about. You know, you can't give up. So anything. how long how long did it take you to pick up again? You know, it, it was a big blow. Uh, I'm sure you f didn't feel great about it, but how long before you said, you know what, well, hey, I'm moving on. I'm ready for the next thing. Uh, it took me a few months, uh, and I was able to kind of get the company running up again within three years, and then I sold that company within four years. And by the time I sold that company in four years, it was bigger than the company I lost from that, from that whole thing. Uh, so it didn't take all that much time, but then again, like I didn't have a family. I live by myself, and I'm constantly devoted to running a company and building an empire. So I devoted 8 to 12 hours of my life to this, uh, and I know a lot of people can't do that. But then that's where outsourcing comes in. You know, I, was, I, I probably could have outsourced a lot more work than I did, but nonetheless, I was extremely devoted to building that company, making it successful, because I didn't have any backup plan. I didn't have any family members I could stay with. I, I, I had nothing. If I didn't make this success, then I would be out on the street homeless. And, and literally, it's the truth. So I, I just knew this is my only way. Yeah, uh, and thanks for sharing that because I think people need to hear that because people either hear the failure or the success, but I think they need to understand there's both. There is just you can't get away from it. Uh, if you're gonna make it, you you have to face you know the failures and 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 also the the wins. But I mean sometimes people think that if if you fail then it's time to walk away from it all. You just mentioned a, about a, a mistake. Give me, give me the biggest high you had from owning your own business. Uh, the biggest high? Uh, I, I would definitely say it's, it's having those positive customer experiences, but even the negative customer experiences. You know, for, for web hosting talk, uh, I remember one time I, got, I had a bad review, and the, the thread got several thousand hits, and today it's over 10,000 views of that, of that single thread because it got so popular. And at the same time, I was outraged because everything this guy was saying was complete BS, but at the same time, it was kind of fun to see a company that I made my baby. It had a, a level of notoriety that I never thought it would have. 
Uh, and it's kind of when, when you see your company, uh, it, when you start growing your company, you have to do everything yourself. Uh, and and an, an example of Reddit, like when they first launched Reddit, they were submitting their own content day and night to get the site there because nobody's going to post on Reddit if it didn't have existing content. And when you're building a company, you need to do a lot of self-work. But that moment when you see it kind of travel on its own, you know, it's kind of that enlightening moment of like, wow, I built a self-sustaining engine uh, and it's rolling on its own and I don't even have to push it now. And, and that, seeing that was uh, amazing. And, and that's definitely a, a huge milestone that I think uh, any entrepreneur should aim for. Uh, you mentioned several companies that you built and you sold. Can you give us an idea in terms of the revenue of the businesses that you own? Uh, I don't know how much of that you can share with our audience, but um, can you give us an idea? Yeah. Uh, each company I had was making between 300000 and my highest profiting company was making around 800000 So I never really got to that seven-figure mark, but in terms of doing this by myself – uh, and building a company inside an existing saturated market, I, I think it's definitely not bad, I could say. Uh, and when most people, you know, they launch the company and then they either don't put enough effort into it or they don't have the time or they procrastinate, um, I just dedicated my life to it. Uh, and I know it's a lot more dedication than a lot of other people can give into it, but that really, that initial dedication and then outsourcing what you can, uh, I think, is really the biggest key to success in terms of growing your business, but then not having to spend night and day on that business. And I think that's entirely possible. Uh, but, yeah. So we went, we went over time. I just have a couple more questions, and I really, I really appreciate your time, Cody. Uh, if somebody came to you, maybe a friend or somebody from your family, and they have a job now, but they see your success as an entrepreneur – and, and they say, you know, Cody, t teach me or tell me, uh, what do I need to do to be a successful entrepreneur? What would be the first thing that you would teach that person? Uh, in fact, it's funny because I've, I've had friends, many friends approach me and try and figure that out. Uh, because I think in every one of us, we all have our own drive or an internal drive to really be an entrepreneur, to work for ourselves. Uh, and with this, I think it, it, it's been said before, but I'll say it again, is your passion. You know, having a passion in terms of knowing what you want to do is really one of the biggest things for success and growing a business. Because if you don't have the passion for it, if you're in it to make money, of course, we're all in it to make money. But having something else that's an external agent that's driving your motivation to build that company is really what made me different than everybody else. I didn't build the hosting company because I want to make money. Sure, that was a nice side benefit, but my main focus was something building something of value uh, and because we all want to have a purpose on this life you know and if our purpose might be bicycling then maybe we should have a bike shop you know everybody has different levels of, of ambition uh, but it's nonetheless trying to learn as much about your ambition and your passion and trying to combine that into a business and a lot of people as well, I think their biggest issue is that they have a passion. Almost everybody has a passion, but it's trying to find a, uh, a business for that passion is really the biggest issue. And like one of my friends, he's, he's really interested into um, uh, nootropics or drugs, uh, trying to optimize your body. Uh, and 
he's having a, he's been having a difficult time because he's been trying to do everything from blogging, but then he's not really devoted to blogging. But one thing he's really good at as well is Myers-Briggs personality type. Uh, like I, I remember just speaking to a few friends and he'd be sitting on the side. And whenever I had a conversation with somebody, he would give me a five to 10 minute speech who, and he analyzed that person. You know, he was able to tell me their Myers-Briggs personality uh, and everything about that person was thinking as they were saying it. And I'm like, well, well, maybe there's another idea you could do. You could go into doing consulting for, for companies and, and watching interview candidates and help them to determine which people are the right hires for their company. So everybody has a, a passion. They just may not know it. So it's definitely about exploring different possibilities of your interests and then trying to learn from that. Well, Cody, uh, you know, your persistence and your drive is just uh, infectious. I really appreciate you coming on, on uh, Success Harbor uh, today and to share your story. How can people connect with you? Yeah, they can uh, follow me on Twitter, just uh, at Cody McLean, dot, uh, Cody McLean, or you can go to my blog at mindhack.com and subscribe to my mailing list. And then anytime I have a new blog post or anything to share, uh, you'll get it. Cody, thank you very much. Thank you.